Her stomach growled, but she did not take the proffered fruit. Am I a child to be trained with treats? The Grishnard overseer did not press his offering, but moved back swiftly to give her space to walk ahead of him in the corridor. I believe I have kicked that one before. Anaru noticed that her cellmate gave her a wide berth as well. Perhaps her too. The other Zed slave took the offered fruit meekly from the second overseer. She moved with the downcast look of a fawn born into slavery. Anaru lifted her chin. Did I ever walk like that? Surely not. Without further prompting, she moved down the shadowy hallway, past the bars of the second cell where the males slept, toward the short flight of stairs at the far end of the hall. She remembered the place now with perfect clarity. We sleep just beneath the forward deck, near the capstan. That drumming sound is rain. We've been flying through a storm for days. She climbed the crazily tilting stairs and pushed the hatch open against a gust of wind and cold water. Ship's lanterns gave only faint illumination fore and aft in the stormy night. The air felt chilly. Anaru wanted to close the hatch and go back inside, but she had a dim memory of being dragged to a capstan at the end of a metal pole. So she came all the way out onto deck followed closely by the overseer, then the second Zed slave, and finally, the assistant. The capstan stood just forward of their hatch, a large, revolving cylinder that wound the great springs of the airship. Six of the ten slaves were chained to the bars of the capstan at any given time. Anaru's stomach growled again. Maybe, Maybe I, I should have, have taken, taken the fruit. fruit. Lightning lit the deck, and thunder boomed across the sky. The silhouettes of Grishnard sailors leapt briefly into focus, moving about with lifelines. Is, Is the, the ship, ship in danger? danger? They were certainly tearing along at a tremendous pace, the wind howling like an animal in the rigging. Darts of rain stung across Anaru's face, and the storm seemed to be getting even thicker. The Grishnard overseer urged her to the capstan, where the shadowy forms of other slaves leaned against their horizontal bars. She thought she sensed agitation in his movements as he unlocked one of the shavier fawns and clicked the shackle around Anaru's left wrist. She stared at the hated chain. I will destroy those who chained me. I will return to Major Minor. I will find my way home. Crack! A noise even closer than the lightning made everyone jump. The ship gave a sudden slewing motion and began to fall off the wind. A, a sail has parted, thought Anaru. Or the, the storm, storm has carried away a spar, or a mast, or the rudder. Voices shouted in the darkness. Feet went pounding over the deck. The fawn slave who had just been unchained dropped to all fours to keep from falling as the ship tilted more steeply. Everyone looked up towards the mainmast. Everyone except Anaru. She grabbed the capstan bar with both hands, watched as the overseer turned instinctively towards the crisis, 
and kicked him in the belly with both hooves. If the overseer made a noise, it was completely lost amid the storm. He dropped to his knees, and Anaru's second kick caught him in the temple. Then she was down beside him, reaching as far as her chain would allow, scrambling frantically around his jerking body for the keys. The fawn who had been on all fours was trying to help her, and the assistant was leaping forward with a cry, and all the while the deck slanted more steeply. A sword flashed in the assistant's hand, but too late. The slaves were on him, kicking and hitting and biting. Someone was choking him with their chain. Anaru felt the key, cold and wet, between her fingers. She jammed it into the lock at her wrist, and the click seemed to reverberate through her whole body. I'm free.